Hello, and welcome to Five Alive Podcast. I, Xavier, am introducing us today. It's good to have you with us and listening to us as we go through God's Word. Today we're going to be discovering God's will for our life, and we're going to be doing that through biblical meditation. We're also going to be looking at the Bible through several different passages of Scripture. Discovering God's will for our lives. Blair, Xavier, Mallory, Matt, myself, how is it that we have discovered God's will for our lives? Through prayer and reading God's scriptures. Anything else? Definitely what Xavier is saying and uh, walking in obedience as best as I know that I can in accordance with scripture, daily scripture reading. Hmm. As I become more aware, because each year is a different year for me as I mature. So where I was at 10 years old in my Bible reading skills is not where I am today as a 44-year-old woman. That's true. I think another way we find God's will in our lives is definitely Jesus said, and I can't remember where it is, but he said, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Mm-hmm. And in doing that, that is the greatest commandment. And if we do all of, if we do that, then all the rest of the commandments will fall into place and we find his will for us in him. Yeah, absolutely. God's will for our life comes as a result, not just of our selfish ambition, though that is what so many of us are actually looking for God's will in our life, because we feel like I'm a failure. I've made so many mistakes. I have done this wrong and that wrong, and I don't think I can ever do anything right. And so if God doesn't show me his will, then maybe, and then we fill in the blank with so many different things. But the reality is, is God desires for us to know him. And that is the key for us discovering his will for our lives is that we discover him and his will for our specific decisions. I believe discovering God's will can be done in the midst of meditating on scripture. And so today I want to talk about biblical meditation. Meditation is defined in the following ways, and I'm going to give a sentence and I'm going to give a passage of scripture to back it up. Uh, We're not reading that passage of scripture, but for anybody who wants to know more about God's word and more about biblical meditation and real meditation, true meditation, these passages of scripture will be provided. So meditation is defined as a pleasant murmuring of scripture to yourself. That's found in Psalm 1 verse 2. Quiet reflection on the words of scripture, Psalm 119, verse 99, musical repetition of scripture, this is found in Psalm 19, verse 14, prayerful review of what we've read through scripture, this is found in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 15, communion with God in the language of written scripture, this is found in Psalm 119, verse 48, In building your day and night around scripture, Psalm 119, verse 97. And another way that we can meditate is by worship of God, John chapter 4, verse 24. So there are a few steps of biblical meditation. Those steps are as follows. Memorize God's thought structures. Personalize scripture that you memorized. Visualize the significance of each word harmonize the scripture, bring, in other words, bring the memorized scripture into agreement with your life, 
and find a way to bring about a physical meaning to the scripture that you are meditating on. So I'm going to go through those again, and we'll describe them a little bit more in depth. Number one was memorize God's thought structures. In other words, when we're reading the Bible, sometimes breaking it up in chapter and verse and only reading one chapter isn't enough because sometimes we need to read three or four chapters of the Bible in order to get all of what God's thought is. And I know we like these cute little Bible plans and we like to sit down and we like to read something that's concise and I can then take my pen and I can check it off that I've done something. But when we're actually trying to meditate on God's word, the meditative part isn't a part of a checklist. It is to understand what God's whole thought is and to memorize his whole thought. What are some of the ways that you guys memorize things? How I personally memorize is read it more than once. So mm -hmm. read it over and over, but not read it over and over and over and over and over for like an hour. Like you can read it once every hour or three times every single day for a week and you'll slowly start to memorize it in another way that really helps me memorize which I realized during um, pandemic school is I was doing school on the computer and my um, memorization was bad like I had to keep looking back at previous text in order to help me understand what I was doing in the future instead of just remembering it from my mind and I couldn't tell why and it's because writing down what you hear and what you're learning helps you uh, memorize and that helps me memorize better is writing it down mm -hmm. and writing it down more than once repetition of writing it down when i do school like xavier he writes it down and he memorizes it but sometimes like if i'm reading things in general um just reading it and and i comprehend it in my mind and not question it and be like I don't know what this word means, so I don't know how I can comprehend this. But like whenever I read it, random points in times, I just randomly remember it. And I'm like, how did I even remember that? And sometimes I don't even remember reading it and it just comes out of my mouth and apparently it came off of a book or something like that. And I do dance, so whenever I'm dancing, I have to learn, I have to have my teacher do it with me first and then I'll know how to do it by myself but sometimes she doesn't do it with me so it takes me a little while to figure it out and to know how fast I go and stuff like that. And do you practice? Yes, I practice every single night before I go to bed. When it comes to memorization I have to like write out the whole entire thing that I'm trying to memorize so I'll write it out and then keep writing it out. And the more I memorize, like I'll mark it off. So if that means that I'm only memorizing the tail end of the stuff or the beginning of the thing, so like how much I have memorized. And then I will take that whole written script and give it to someone and say, hey, will you listen while I recite this? And if I don't know a word, don't tell me the word, see if I can get the word mm -hmm. and so so just recite having someone to recite it to and then therefore it becomes a a habit but definitely practicing constant repetition over and over and over but i have to say it out loud sometimes i even recite things of memorization in front of a mirror mm -hmm. so like i may have like little cue cards or little index cards for like a, a, a clue of uh maybe a word that i'm missing when i'm reciting something 
So looking in the mirror helps to know what I look like, number one, of when I'm talking, of reciting something, and then just sometimes seeing my own reflection helps. Oh yeah, this is the next word, because maybe it's a facial cue that I remember in my head of, oh yeah, that's, I was making this face when I say this word, mm. <laughs> kind of a thing. So sometimes just a mirror image helps me in order to memorize things. Sure. Also, another thing is like how mommy's saying if you speak and stuff. So like you could have index cards for like a speech that you're saying. So what you could do is stand in front of a mirror and read the index card and then try to say it without looking at the index card. So that way you can memorize it in your head. So that way you won't have to look down and go, uh, because you don't remember. Yeah, very true. And putting things to music sometimes helps as yeah. well. Mm -hmm. I was going to say that sometimes I listen to music while doing school and a certain song will come on whenever I remember something. And so when I do a like a test or even a just a quiz during my school, I'll think back. It will ask me a question. I'll be like, I was listening to this song yesterday whenever I learned this. Now, what was the answer to it whenever that song was coming on? And when it, and then it will sometimes help me figure out what my answer was. Even if I was listening to a song with words in it, just because of the consistent beat and remembering that that song was playing whenever I learned this information, it helps me remember the information better. Yeah. And sometimes even writing a poem about it or what you're learning or singing a song like the ABCs is set to the tune of Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. And that's helped a lot of people learn the, Amer the alphabet in English. Yeah. It's because it has a consistent musical tonation to it to help us memorize how to say our ABCs. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. One of the ways that I've memorized, I liked math a lot more than I do now when I was younger because I did it more consistently. Uh, but flashcards were a huge thing for me in order to memorize. So not just index cards, but sometimes flashcards. And I, and even when I was uh, beginning to learn Hindi, I would carry with me flashcards in my, in my shirt pocket, which is why I, I do like to have a lot of shirts that have a shirt pocket above the uh, left, the left breast of my, of my chest is because I like the fact that I can just stick something in my pocket and pull it back out. And then I could continue to think on it or meditate on it or just continue to memorize it, if you will, especially uh, when we're in traffic, sitting in, in traffic in a car or something of that nature. I know the immediate result of most of us today seems to be that we have a spare moment where there's nothing else going on. So the first thing we do is pick up our phone. What if instead we had a passage of scripture we were memorizing, or what if instead we had a thought that we were memorizing, a God thought that we were memorizing, and we had that written down on an index card as Mallory brought up, and we, we constantly are looking at that instead of looking at our phone. Because no, we're not having some kind of big, huge test or examination that we're preparing for when we're reading God's word. It's not like all of a sudden I'm going to stand up in front of an audience and give a uh, speech that all of a sudden has this memorized part of my life given in it. Instead, what I'm doing this is for the betterment of my life as a whole, as whatever stage of my life I'm in. So I'm 44 years old. I'm a father. I'm a father to two teenagers. I'm a father to a young adult who's in university back in America. 
8,000 miles away from me. I'm a businessman. I am a person who is an entrepreneur who is constantly looking for new ways in order to do work. And so in all those ways, as I'm meditating on God's word and memorizing God's word, how is it applying to my daily life? Secondly, meditate on God's thought until you have completed all the steps that you read in this thought, and then you can continue to meditate on it even afterwards. So as we're memorizing God's thought structures, we meditate on them until we completely understand all the steps of what he's talking about. We are to be strategic in passages of scripture that we memorize. In other words, I don't sit down in the morning and plop open my Bible and wherever it falls, that's what I'm going to memorize that day. That's kind of like a scripture roulette, if you will, where, oh, whatever it says in God's Bible today, that's exactly what I'm going to do. And that's exactly what he means for me. That's kind of an infantile way of looking at scripture. Instead, God wants us to be more strategic in the way that we look at scripture. So for example, I've been going back and forth between three different passages of scripture over the past, I think it's been about the last three weeks. Um, I'd have to look at my journal to make sure, but I've been looking through the books of Daniel, Hosea, and Amos. And and Joel has been included in there a little bit, but those are the three uh, books of the Bible that are in their short books, but those are the three that I keep going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth through. And no, I'm not going on and reading the rest of the Bible. I just keep going back to those because I'm listening to God speaking to me through these passages of scripture so that that way I can continue to understand what his thought structure is. And that is my strategic process in order to memorize these passages of scripture. Keep in mind that God's thoughts may not end at the end of a chapter, as I said earlier, but could continue into the next chapter. And they don't always do that either. Sometimes they end with the end of the verse. Sometimes you read just, especially when we're reading Proverbs, a proverb is just a thought that's in a verse segment. It's just like, that's it. That was the thought and that's the God thought. And it's easier to memorize, especially in these short snippets. And perhaps that would be something that would be easiest for all of us, if you've never really memorized scripture before, would be go to the book of Proverbs and to read through it and memorize some of these short Proverbs that God is really speaking to us through, these God thoughts that he's speaking to us through, and it's just one verse, and it may be just a few lines, and then all of a sudden that develops into being able to memorize whole books of the Bible, if you will. Lastly, in memorizing God thought structures is when we memorize God's thoughts, keep it in order with your daily reading of scripture and not bouncing all around throughout the Bible. It's very important for us. So that was the first step of biblical meditation is to memorize God thoughts. Second is personalize scripture that you memorize. Personalize it. Add personal pronouns whenever possible. When God's speaking to the Israelites, personalize that for yourself. When God, when Jesus is speaking to the Sadducees or Pharisees, I know we don't want to be the Sadducees and Pharisees, but sometimes we are. Personalize that. How am I being a Sadducee or Pharisee right now? And is this the way Jesus would be speaking to me? Or how about when Jesus is speaking to his disciples or those out on the Sermon on the Mount? When Jesus is speaking to an audience, 
personalize those things because he's speaking directly to me through this passage of scripture and allow the scripture or God thought that you have memorized to be specifically about you. The first two things in biblical meditation are memorize God thought structures. Second, personalize scripture that you memorize. And third, visualize the significance of each word. And when I say visualize, I don't mean let's open up some third eye, some weird spiritual mysticism, weirdo kind of stuff. I'm talking about specifically we visualize things in a way that is similar to rumination. To ruminate means to bring it back up, to constantly bring it back up. Mallory actually hit on this in her description of the way she's memorized things, where she's read stuff, and then all of a sudden she'll be in a conversation and she'll remember this thing and she'll bring it back up. That's ruminating, that is visualizing. She was actually talking about that in that moment. That's exactly what we're talking about here. When we're talking about visualizing, we're talking about bringing back that thought up and chewing on it, meditating on it, thinking about it, running through the whole idea of what God is saying through that passage of scripture and seeing what the significance is in my life. And so to visualize means to ruminate and to ruminate means to chew on it again and again and again. How many stomachs does a cow have? Three. And how many times does a cow bring its food back up so that that way it will chew on it some more, and then it will go into its next stump. I mean, it keeps on doing that, doesn't it? A yeah. lot. Yeah, it does it a lot. I mean, I'm not a scientist, and I'm not a biologist, and I'm not a zoologist, so I don't know all of the numbers, but I know they have three stomachs, as Xavier just said, and I know that they constantly regurgitate their food and chew on it, and chewing on the cud is exactly what we're talking about here. God's word is the cud. It is our sustenance when it comes to understanding God's will for our life. And so therefore we must constantly regurgitate God's word and chew on it again and again and again. So number one is memorize God thought structures. Two is personalized scripture. Three is visualize the significance of each word. And fourthly, harmonize the scriptures. In other words, bring the memorized scripture into agreement. So we put the memorized scripture possibly to Music, this has been brought up already. Maybe we consider prayerfully if, uh, if you are in full compliance with the meaning of what the scripture is saying to you in those moments. Or allow the words of the memorized scripture to grow in your mind, your will, and your emotions. As we harmonize, we can do this in different ways. And so sometimes harmonizing with the scripture means that we are transformed from the way we used to do things, the way we used to have conversations, the way we used to approach things, the way we used to think about a certain person or certain people or a certain job. And our harmonizing of the scripture brings us into a new light. And so do we become an absolutely new person? No. But what it does for us is as we're harmonizing on the scripture, parts of our lifestyle will change and become more aligned with the will of God and less aligned with our own selfish desires. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. Have you ever harmonized scripture by writing a song? Yes. Yeah. Did you just write lyrics or did you write music as well? Both. I did both. Have you ever harmonized by sitting down and drawing a picture and hanging it up on the wall so that that way we have it? 
Or how about graphic design? I know Blair has on her computer uh, every year, she takes a passage of scripture and she designs something through gra a graphic design board and she puts it on her computer, she puts it on her phone and that is what she says, that's, what is it? It's your what? I do this once a year just for me to be able to see, to visualize each time I'm touching a device and or getting on a computer of meditating before I'm quick to react. And sometimes it's just a word. Sometimes it's um, just a passage of scripture that I've been meditating on that I, I want to know more about as I pray and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal himself unto me. Is there anything you do to harmonize that's different than the things that I've mentioned? Another way I think is take what you've already memorized and apply it is another way to basically harmonize it because you are taking in what he has and you're applying it to your life and therefore it is a part of what you do. It's something you think of or see whenever you're in a certain situation that you're reminded, oh, this is what God wants me to do here. Yeah. And I don't know if that is what you're trying to say as harmonizing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, because it brings us right into the fifth thing, which is physical, find a physical way to bring about the meaning of the scripture that you're meditating on. And uh, so the steps of biblical meditation are memorize the uh, God's thought structure, personalize scripture that you memorized, visualize the significance of each word, harmonize the scripture, uh, bringing the memorized scripture into agreement. And then as Xavier's talking about a physical meaning, uh, find a way to bring about a physical meaning to the scripture that you are meditating on. Uh, a picture, painting, job, burning a candle or incense. Uh, incense. Sometimes the smell is what causes people to be able to understand God's scriptures more strongly. And so, yeah, I mean, these are different ways that we can bring up what we're understanding through God's word. Now, I want to give a caution. Biblical meditation is not a project that you make a checklist for. It is a tool in which we draw more intimately into God. I want to say that again. Biblical meditation is not a project. This is not a, a list-driven checkmark that we, hey, I meditated today. It is not something that we set aside on a regular, sometimes we don't even set aside every single day at the same time. Sometimes a meditation, uh, specifically on a God thought, is something that transpires at different times of the day. It's not something that every day at nine o'clock, this is my time to spend in meditation. I've got to do it for five minutes on a God thought. No, this is something that can happen at nine o'clock. It can happen at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock. There's no set time. This is not some kind of religious move that we stick to a repetition on because that's not true biblical meditation. If biblical meditation becomes a religious regiment, we're missing the point. We are looking for God's will in our life and we're looking to become one with him in his will. Author and speaker A.W. Tozer once said, to find God's will should use the Bible 80% of the time circumstances and counsel 15% of the time, and dramatic happenings 5% of the time. In other words, as a Pentecostal, as a charismatic person, I really, really, really like those moments when I'm in a service, I'm in a prayer meeting, I'm around a group of people, and a word of prophecy comes, 
And all of a sudden it's like, wow, God's presence is really here. Somebody speaks in tongues and somebody interprets the tongues. And it's like, wow, what God said right there, that's really important. But the wisdom that A.W. Tozer talks to us about is 80% of these moments have to then go back into, 80% of it needs to be regurgitated back through or ruminated back through scripture, biblical scripture. Then 15% of what was said needs to be taken through what have been my life's circumstances and what counsel have I received. And then only 5% of what I'm understanding being said can be of that dramatic happening, that word from the Lord in that moment. And I'm not discounting how important God's word is when he speaks it through a prophet or speaks it through somebody who speaks in tongues and somebody gives an interpretation. I'm just saying man is so good at manipulating a circumstance that we must take it back through the steps of what is God's word saying? And we must discern it discern what's being said in those hyper-spiritual moments of excitement and, wow, God's presence is really here and I'm going to do exactly whatever the speaker said. What if the speaker said, everybody go outside and, and let's jump off the roof because today the rapture is going to happen at exactly 1210. What if that's what the speaker says because he feels like he's prompted by God? And yes, things like that have happened in the past. That's not what the Bible would say. The Bible would say that that was a false prophet. And so we've got to keep the balance. Meditate on a scripture. Request trusted counsel and continue to daily discover God's will for your life. And as you continue to daily discover his will of what he's doing, we will reciprocate, reciprocatively receive God's will for our lives. All right, here's a few more questions. According to Psalm chapter 32, verse eight, that's Mallory. Mallory will be reading to us Psalm 32, verse eight, and we're going to ask ourselves this question from this passage of scripture. How does this verse encourage us as we seek God's will? I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. Wonderful. So how does this verse encourage us as we seek God's will? That he will instruct us and help us in the way that we should go. Mm -hmm. And if we are on the wrong, we're doing it the wrong way. He, if we listen to God, and continue to try and follow after him. He will guide us to the proper way. Yeah, absolutely. Great answer. I have absolutely nothing to add. Anybody else? Okay, <laughs> but, perfect. Wait, but that doesn't happen instantly. Ah, okay. God's instruction isn't always instant, and God's instruction isn't always pleasant. Well, that's true. Because it, the Bible does says he does chastise us into the way that we should go. Yeah. Meaning he will correct us, but sometimes he will correct us harsher than he will other times because he knows how important it is for you to go the right way. Because he knows our heart. Yes. Yes. Just like our parents punish us sometimes whenever we're doing wrong. Yeah, and sometimes the punishment is definitely more strict than it is at other times. Yes. Yeah, very true. 
next passage of scripture is Psalm 25, verses 8 through 10. That is, Blair has that for us. Question that we'll be asking through this passage of scripture is, whom does God guide? Us. <laughs> Good and upright is the Lord, therefore he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. So whom does God guide? The humble. Yeah. So as we humble ourselves, he's the one that teaches us his ways. He's the one that gives us justice and guides us in his mercies, in his truths, and in his pathway in a, in a regard of it's important or it's vital for us to submit ourselves unto him. The next thing, the passage of scripture we'll read is James chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. I believe Xavier has that Ooh. for us. And we have three separate questions uh, that will go along with this passage of scripture. Number one is how do we know God's will for our specific decisions? What is required in order to receive wisdom? And does God's answer come immediately when we ask? James 1, 5 through 8. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea and that is driven and tossed by the wind. For the person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So how do we know God's will for our specific decisions? We ask him for his wisdom, mm -hmm. his advice on the matter. Yeah. Try not to be wishy-washy. Definitely. Definitely. Like, it's really easy to be like, okay, Lord, this is what I'm going through, and I really need your help and wisdom on this. Okay, girlfriend, I'm going through this. I haven't heard from God yet, so what is your opinion on it, girlfriend? Hey, boyfriend, what is your opinion on this? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, no, I know. I prayed about it. I haven't heard back from God, so, okay, I like what my girlfriend had to say. I like what my boyfriend had to say, so this is what I'm going to do. It's that right there is just, it's great that you want to talk about it to other people, but sometimes it's, just wait. Just wait. Yeah. could be an answer. Don't, don't be so quick to jump the gun on things. Unless, yeah. unless if you really know, hey man, this is, yeah, this is what it's about. Right. It's kind of funny to me, like we were, I was dealing with a, a transaction uh, in the month of June where I was playing the middleman in between two different companies and one company I needed the product in my hand in order to get the product to the United States and they used a new courier. It was a more reputable courier. It was one that was supposed to bring the product to me overnight and they sent it to me 10 days in advance on their side. However, circumstances prevented that from being able to happen. Circumstances such as monsoon, circumstances such as the reputable parcel company really messed up in a, in a regard of not getting the parcel to me on time. And so I wasn't going to delay my flight 
I wasn't going to change my dates. I wasn't going to change anything about what was going on. But in order to play the middleman in between the two companies, I had to receive that product. And so there was a different way that they had to go about it. And the whole time I was sitting there in my mind going, God, is it really your will for me to bring these two companies together? Because things just don't seem to be working out. And I could have allowed that high pressure situation of things that I had absolutely no control over the weather, had no control over the parcel company that was supposed to be sending it to me. Oh, and my favorite part was the parcel company said that my pin was, uh, my zip code or my pin code was wrong. And that had to do a part with the place that I live has had three different pin codes over the past three years. So which one was the right one to use in the first place? So we went through a whole line of different conversations about those things. And yes, I, I would uh, elaborate on how preposterous this situation was and how goofy this was happening, but I didn't really allow it to upset me in a way or anger me in a way that I felt like, oh my goodness, this is obviously not God's will. And so I need to just quit. I need to just give up because this is just not working out the way that it should because this is the way I wanted it to work out. And instead things worked out. They just worked out a lot differently than I had anticipated. And so therefore, as I kept pursuing things, I did finally make it to America. I finally made it to the meeting with the person that I needed to meet with. And I was able to connect these two companies together in a way that was not exactly the way that I would have done it in the first place. But yet this is a part of following God's will and not listening to other people, but just knowing in your heart, knowing in your mind, as you're meditating on God's word, as you're receiving from him and not being double-minded, I know this is God's will. And I know all these circumstances have changed a thousand times around me, but I still know this is what I'm supposed to do today. And that's what I did. Second question, what is required to receive wisdom? According to this passage of scripture, what asking. do we do? Right. Just simply asking. Asking is Ask. all that's required. That's all that's required. Right. But yet that seems to be the hardest thing for us to do, right? Well, because with wisdom comes responsibility. Hmm. Who wants responsibility? <laughs> I mean, that is the way some people look at it. That's very true. Another reason probably we don't ask is because... We may want the wisdom, but at the same time, we don't want the prerequisite that comes with it, mm. which is when you do ask with the wisdom of God, comes the fact that you have to believe wholeheartedly what you're asking about. You cannot have any doubt of that because if you do doubt it, then you're a double-minded person and then therefore God will not answer you. And people right. don't want that. Right. They just want a direct answer whenever instead of actually believing in what they're asking and saying. Yeah. Which leads us to the third question, which was, does God answer, do God's answers come immediately when we ask? No. Sometimes? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Yeah, true. It depends. And are we going to be okay with that? Are we going to be okay with a delay? Right. I mean, sometimes we as man, man as man and or woman, we like to push the agenda mm. as opposed to hearing God out all the way because it's our life and we're going to do whatever we want to do because it feels good. Let's do it mm. because that's what the world teaches us. It if is. it feels good, then do it. 
So why, if I just eliminate God out of it, because, oh my goodness, that's just an extra step. So I'm just going to do whatever I want to do because that's how things get done. Because look at me, because then I can rise to the top. Yeah. But as soon as we put God in the equation as our center, as our focus, it is, it's, it's a humble, it's a humbleness to, Lord, I give you my life right now and I give you this situation and I have no clue where to go forth in it. This is what I'm kind of leaning towards. Is this right? Is this wrong? You know, show me in your word. Use the voice of someone else to speak words of truth into me and that I will patiently wait. Yeah. This passage of scripture is found in Psalm chapter 119, verses 105. Mallory will be reading this for us. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Wonderful. By what means does God illuminate our path? With light. Which is his? Um, you just read it. Word. Yeah, word. his words. His word. And also, if you're like... um. Who's the guy that read them, leaded the the Israelites through the um, the aquarium? The aquarium, Moses. Moses, if you're like Moses, and and you're walking through, and you're what's wrong? You said led his people through the aquarium. Yeah, well, world's first, the aquarium. first aquarium. Okay, <laughs> they were walking through the Red the, Sea and they could see all the fishes <laughs> and okay. sharks okay. and dolphins. I don't know that there were any sharks, but go on. Sea turtles. Okay. Righteous. If you're like Moses and um and you're and you're walking and leading the Israelites to the promised land. The promised land. That's what I thought. I was like, is mine wrong? The Israelites to the promised land, and it's nighttime, and uh, Jesus would be the light unto their path because he would show them the way and protect them and keep a light on so that way they would know where they were going. Right, because he was the angel of light at that moment. Yes. Yeah, because he was the angel of the Lord. Yeah, mm -hmm. well, and I was just going to take it in another way. Oh. In John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then in John chapter 1, verse 11, and the Word became flesh... That, and made its dwelling among man, that is Jesus. And so Jesus is the word, which is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So as I'm worshiping him, as I'm talking with him, in other words, prayer, and as I'm listening to him, he's the one that illuminates my path. He is God's word. All right, next question is found from Psalm 104, verses 33 and 34. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have being. May my meditation be pleasing to him, for I rejoice in the Lord. So as we are determining God's will, what practices are acceptable to our seeking process? Singing and praising God. And? One more. Meditation. Yeah, and meditation. So the other part of it is that with meditation, often people think that it's an Eastern mysticism 
type of thing and don't recognize that there is the importance of biblical meditation and that it is mentioned several times throughout the Bible. This passage of scripture is one of those that brings up the importance of meditation and discovering God's will. Last passage of scripture. There will be two of them. Blair is reading them for us. They are found in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15, and Proverbs chapter 19, verse 20. The way of a foolish is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to his advice. Listen to advice and accept a construction that you may gain wisdom in the future. So what are other ways that God can guide you? So listening to Christ oh, and accepting the instruction. Yeah. Accepting it. Listening. I mean, because it's, I mean, because sometimes, you know, you may want to give God a counter, counter offer. A counter offer. Like in Shark Tank. <laughs> like in Shark Tank. Lord, I want to give you a counter offer. Counter. Would you there come? There are many people like that try this, that. This far? And I'll go I'll this give far. You, I'll 5%. give you my life if you just take care of this one situation for me. Right. Bargaining. You can't make promises to God. Bargains. Bargain, bargaining. People do try and bargain with the Lord. And another thing that I find in this passage of scripture is that he will send us counselors. I think it's really important for us to recognize that there are people out there that do hear directly from the Lord and that they will give us the counsel that we need in certain situations. And so is it important for us to seek counsel from God? First and foremost, absolutely. But is it also okay for us to ask for help from other people that we know are wise in God's counsel? Yes. yes. I think it's very important for us to not just keep everything to ourselves mm-hmm. and not just, oh, this is my suffering, this is my pain, this is my lot. I'm trying to determine God's will for my life, and so therefore I'm just trying to keep everything between me and him. I think it's very important for us to listen to other counsel from other people as well as God's scripture. As, as I said before, you know, A.W. Tozer said 80% of what we are trying to do to determine God's will for our lives comes from the Bible, but 15% does come from circumstances and counsel. I think he was very wise when he said that because I think it is a strong part of my life and your life that there are people involved with us that do give us very good counsel. And we, we should listen to what they have to say. And yeah, there are a lot of times, Blair brought it up a little while ago, where we want to only listen to other people's counsel and not wait on the Lord. I'm not saying it in that fashion. I'm saying it in the fashion of we've heard from the Lord, but we're also talking with those that we respect as wisdom holders and counselors, people who hear from the Holy Spirit and to... Uh, to even heed their advice because sometimes they help mold and shape a little bit more practicality into our lives than even what we see because sometimes we hear we hear from the Lord and we kind of go a little crazy and they help us reel it back in going yeah you're right but I wouldn't do that how about you look at it this way too and then we have wisdom in that because that's the way God speaks to us is through those who have wisdom Today, we were talking about biblical meditation and discovering God's will. I think this was a very full day. Yes. And we are honored that you've joined us for Five Alive. Yay!
If you have any questions or any comments, Five Alive Devo on Instagram and Twitter. On Instagram and Twitter. Close us in prayer, please. Thank you, Jesus, for today and for every single day and that everyone will stay safe and survive and that we will all follow Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.